You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. Well, tonight um, I have the honor of ministering the Word of God to you. And uh, when I uh, knew that I was going to be ministering tonight, I had a certain direction in my heart seemed, uh, uh, that I was supposed to go. And then the closer and closer it got, it seemed like that wasn't the right thing. So I kept saying, Lord, what is it? And I was looking back at one of my journals, and I uh, had done this study on gratitude. And it seemed like that was the right thing to do. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight is the power of gratitude. Amen. So, um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of times this time of year is when we think about it the most. But really for us as Christians, we should be thinking about gratitude all the time. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, it says, Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, or I'll just read verse 16. It says, uh, Rejoice always, and I'm reading it out in the New King James. The King James says, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Ephesians 5:20 says, "Giving thanks always," the last part of that verse, "for all things for God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ." So God wants us to be mindful or be thankful to him for the things that he's done in our life. It just keeps our attitude, heartitude right. Amen. There was the study that was done at the University of Berkeley in California a few years back. And uh, it was a 3-year study. And it cost $5.6 million to do this study. And they did it with the students there on campus. And with this study, um, they had uh, the students for 30 days to get a journal. And for every day, for 30 days, they wrote down in the journal five things that they were grateful for. If they had more, they could do more, but had to write at least five things that they were grateful for. And it says at the end of that five day, that 30 days, this is what happened. They, uh, they slept better, they had fewer symptoms of illness, more happiness, less anxiety and depression, increased self-esteem, less stress, and reduced negativity. All for being grateful, being grateful to God. And um, there's a gentleman named Lee Brower, Brower and um, he was walking one day and he was having some trouble in his life and different uh, difficulties that were going on and things were not just going right with him. So he was walking one day, and he looked down and found a rock, and he took that rock, and he said, I'm going to put this in my pocket, and every time I touch this rock in my pocket, I'm going to be grateful for something, and I'm going to say it out loud. And uh, so he would put it in his pocket, and every time he'd reach in his pocket and touch it, you know, he would think of something that he was grateful for and say it out loud. And then uh, at night, when he would put it, uh, clear his pockets, to get ready to go to bed, he'd put it up on the dresser, and he'd say something that he was grateful for that night. He'd get up the next morning, he went to put that pocket back, at, that rock back in his pocket, and then as he was touching it, he would find something that he would be grateful to God for. He said that things started turning around immediately in his life as he started doing that. Hallelujah. So one day he was walking with a friend of his, and, um, and the rock fell out of his pocket, and his friend said, what, um, what's that? And he said, oh, it's a rock. He said, I just keep it in my pocket 
So whenever uh, I touch it, I, it reminds me to be grateful for something. And the guy was from South Africa, and he said, is it a gratitude? He said, it's a gratitude rock. He said, you can call it whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and so this gentleman left, and two weeks later, um, Lee got an email from him, and he was requesting that he send him at least three rocks. And he said, uh, he said, why? He said, my son has contracted an illness. It's a type of hep hepatitis, and he's very sick. And, he's, uh, and so Lee went walking, and he said, I just can't send him any rock. So he went out and tried to find the nicest-looking, prettiest rocks he could find. So he packed them up and shipped them to South Africa to this man. About a month later, no, I think it was five months later, he got an email back from the South African friend, and he said, my son is doing well. He's healed. He said, um, I just want to let you know that the rocks that you sent, we started selling those rocks and telling people they were gratitude rocks of $10 per rock. We've um, uh, uh, collected over $1,000, and we took that $1,000 and gave it to charity. So this young man in, in Africa was healed because they got in an attitude of gratitude. Amen? And so we're going to look at some things tonight uh, regarding what the Word of God says about uh, gratitude. You know, uh, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, when she had a TV show a few years ago, and I think it was like 17 years ago, she uh, said that the most significant thing she ever did in her life was keep a gratitude journal. Now, she, she worth a whole lot of money. That might, the, and it's the single most, thing, most important thing she's ever done in her life. And then with Lee Brower, he's a businessman. So business people have tapped into something that's a spiritual principle in the word of God that they're doing. I was listening to somebody the other day, and he was, uh, it was talking about business principles and success type things. And uh, there's a particular lady that she's not even born again, not even a Christian. And so she uh, was telling him what she does to get her ideas for businesses. And so uh, he said, that's a spiritual principle. And he was mad about it. And he said something to the Lord about it. And the Lord said, it's a law. It's a principle. And so anyone that will work it, it will work for them. So these are spiritual principles uh, that, uh, you know, business people have tapped into. And it really is Psalm 100, verse 4. And we're going to look at it in the Amplified enter into his gates with thanksgiving and a thank offering unto his courts with praise. And it says, be thankful and say so to him. <laughs> Bless and affectionately praise his name. Hallelujah. So let's look at some things. Let's turn to Philippians 4, 6. And I'm sure in this room with believers in this room, every one of us are believing God for something. Amen. And it says here, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So if you have a desire, if you have something that you're believing in for, healing in your body, your children coming home, your wayward children coming home, um, you know, uh, raise on your job, whatever it is, it says that to be anxious about it, wringing your hands, worried about it. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I was in um, a store the other day, and I saw this, uh, this wall decoration. And it said this, a grateful heart is a magnet for miracles. A grateful heart 
is a magnet for miracles. And so I, as I was in the car and driving home and everything, it was just kind of rolling around in my heart. And I remembered this particular instance. So the first thing we're going to look at, expressing, expressing gratitude brings restoration. So this is the account of the ten lepers. Y'all remember that? In Luke chapter 17. And so it says, and now it happened when uh, he went to Jerusalem, Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there he met ten men who were lepers. <clears throat> you know, and you know, leprosy is a flesh-eating disease. You know, digits, external digits uh, um, are eaten off or uh, are deteriorated. And it says, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go, show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So when Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said unto him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole, in the king, uh, or made you well. And the King James says, Whole. The Amplified says, uh, Restored you to health. Your faith has restored you to health. Hallelujah. So when he came back, he was just coming to be grateful. He wasn't asking for anything else. He just came back because of what had already happened in his body. He was grateful for it. And because he came back and said, thank you, <laughs> Lord, thank you, the Lord was more impressed. Where are the other ones that were with you? And he said, because you came, because you did this, because you were grateful, go your way and you will be whole. Now think about that. Leprosy eats off noses, ears, fingers, toes, extremities, and that kind of thing. So the others, when leprosy stops, aren't you grateful? You've got sickness in your body, it stops. But with him, he was made whole. That means that if he had his nose, part of his nose missing, that came back. If a part of his ear was missing, that came back. If he had digits that were missing, that came back. It says you, he was restored unto health. Not just stopped, he was restored unto health. So this statement of a, a heart of gratitude uh, is a magnet for miracles. His heart of gratitude drew another miracle to him. Because they didn't have medical science where they could stop leprosy then. That was a miracle in itself that it stopped. But because he was grateful for what God did to him, it, it made him look like leprosy never, ever touched him. Having a heart of gratitude. And if things are going on in our life, <laughs> hallelujah, it can make look like things look like it never happened. If you went through a divorce, a grateful heart can make it look like it never happened. God can restore marriage to you. If you've been sick in your body or pain in your body, a grateful heart, it can look like it never, ever happened. Hallelujah. 
You went through a bankruptcy. God can make it with a grateful heart look like it never, ever happened to you. Amen? Having a heart of gratitude. Glory to God. So that's how powerful gratitude is. When we express it to him, it causes us to be restored in our life. It causes this man to be restored. Uh, Joyce Meyer says this, if you complain, you remain. If you praise, you make progress. Hallelujah. So, you know, with the Israelites, when they uh, left Egypt and was going to the promised land, all along, I think it was like 14 times they complained or 10 times they complained. And, they, and it, you brought us out here to die. <laughs> when they were complaining about the leeks and onions that were back in Egypt, you know. And, uh, and so God met them, and after 10 times, he went, Him, him's done. And so, <laughs> and, uh, so the journey, historians tell us that the journey to the promised land was supposed to be 11 days. But because they complained, it took 40 years. What did Joyce Meyer say? If you complain, you remain. But if you praise, you make progress. They could have gotten there in 11 days. Hallelujah. Selah. Pause and think about it. <laughs> All right. Another one. So that, that was uh, express, expressing praise uh, causes uh, miracles to happen. I think that's just what I said. It causes restoration. Number two, expressing gratitude turn, can turn negative things into positive things. So talking about complaining and remaining, that kind of thing. Being grateful involves remembering. A lot of times when we don't remember where we came from, you're going to old folks say, I remember God brought me out of. Hallelujah. <laughs> and if we don't remember what God brought us out of, we can have a tendency of complaining or being down or being negative. Um, <clears throat> I saw this quote um, or this story with Steve Harvey. He says, when I'm feeling down or negative, what turns me around is I begin remembering what I'm grateful for. He said, gratitude is a powerful process. The only way to move to the next level, you must show gratitude for where you are. If you show gratitude, it gets, to, gets you to where you want to be much quicker. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and... Forget not all his benefits. Has the Lord done anything for us? Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. He forgave our iniquities. Did he forgive your iniquities? Anybody in here saved, born again, on your way to heaven? He forgave your iniquities. Anybody been sick in your body? He healed your diseases. Yes. Hallelujah. He redeems your life from destruction. You were going one way. He redeemed your life, and now you're going a different way than you were before who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, which we talked about earlier tonight, who satisfies our mouth with good things. Hallelujah. So that our youth is renewed like the eagles. 
Hallelujah. So remembering what God has done for us. And that's what part of that, that um, Psalm 136 was about, that uh, they were rehearsing the victories that God had done in their life, re remembering what God brought them out of, remembering what God did for them, remember what he brought them to. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so um, I think it was back this, uh, this past summer with uh, the Southwest Believers Convention. And Keith Warner was ministering, and uh, he talked about victory over death. And in, the, uh, in one of his sessions, he talked about the account of when his dad went to heaven. He was, uh, his dad was afraid of flying, and, uh, and so uh, he wouldn't get in the plane. And then at some point, he had gotten uh, to a point where he said, okay, we'll do it. And, uh, and he got in the plane, and then I, I think in this particular uh, link that I'm going to show you. And there's a reason why I wanted to see it. So it's a little bit long, but there's a reason why I wanted you to see it. So guys, go ahead and do that. Experience with my dad. Um, this has been back in 05, 2005. In the spring, uh, my dad and mom wanted to go with me on a ministry trip. Now, I've been flying and been a pilot since 96. And it was something that really blessed me. And I wanted to allow my dad and mom to come with us on meetings when it worked out for them and that kind of thing. And he went up with me one time <clears throat> and it bothered him bad. I mean, he, he didn't like it. He turned pale. I said, well, we don't have to do this uh, again. And so years passed. But he's a man of faith. And so he told me, he said, uh, I want to go with you to that meeting you're going to preach down there. And it was actually in Florida. He said, I, me and your mom want to go. I said, well, I thought you didn't, didn't like flying. He said, uh, that don't move me. <laughs> I could tell he's talking faith. He, he's a faith man. I said, yes, sir. So he's all excited. And man, they plan. And, and um, well, this was just a little plane, a little piston propeller plane we had at that time. And so we're loaded up and we're flying down. And about halfway there, mom yells from the, uh, the back, something's wrong with your dad. I look back, I'm the only pilot in the cockpit, single pilot, and he slumped up against the, the side of the window and he doesn't, he doesn't look like he's there. Well, I got to fly the plane. Right? I can't get up. I can't go back. And it, so what amounted to an emergency descent, I'm on the radio. I've got an emergency. I want an ambulance to meet me at the ramp. And so I'm getting down quick. But I knew as quick as I can go, it's going to take 30 minutes, right, whatever, to, to get on the ground. And, well, he got down, but he's gone. He's gone. Well, that bothered me. He, he wasn't that old. Wasn't that old of a man. And that bothered me. And uh, I thought, well, man, did we miss it? I mean, he didn't have to do this trip, you know, if it bothered him. And it just, I cried, I hurt for a couple of weeks. And uh, until the, the Lord did something for me, and, and I, uh, 
one of the things I said, Lord, I, you know, I wanted to do some things with my dad. I'm just now getting to the place where I could do something for him financially and all this. And, and uh, after a couple of weeks of me crying and hurting, the Lord said to me, he spoke to my heart. He said, uh, you're being unthankful. I thought, wow. <laughs> It's not really, you know, you, you want somebody to pat you on the back and, yeah. and hug you, right? <laughs> you don't want them to say, you're being unthankful. But the Lord will tell you the truth, and the truth will make you free. He said, he said many boys in the earth never have a dad. Many boys never have a good dad. He said, you had a good dad for a long time. You knew you weren't going to live forever, did you? So you see what I'm talking about? We act shocked when somebody dies. That's ridiculous. Two more. Two more. Two more. Two more. One of these days, me and you. <laughs> Is that right? If the Lord tears is coming just, just a little while longer, it's going to be too long for us. And uh, so, and, and I said, yeah, but Lord, there's some things I wanted to do. And the Lord said to me, he said, uh, who said you won't get to do them? He said, uh, there's a lot of things that in the future you won't care about doing. But there are some things you will still want to do and you will yet get to do them with your father. He said, your dad, Keith, is not in your, in your past, he's in your future. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I dried my eyes, and I said, thank you, Lord. He, he, he asked, actually asked me, he said, how many hours did you have with a good dad? I didn't know. I had to get out a calculator. I mean, tons of hours. Good dad. I mean, as a little, as a little kid, he worked the night shift. He'd wake me, uh, wake me up when he came in. We'd eat popsicles. Hmm? He bring in chili dogs. Hey! Taught me how to, uh, taught me how to uh, uh, get rubber in second gear in a Mustang. Important life lessons. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> how to shoot a pistol. I mean, you know, important stuff. A good dad. You know, one of the greatest things my dad ever did for me, I come from the deep south. We had a giant oak tree on our property. When I say big, I mean, I don't think eight men could hold hand to hand and go around it. Right. I'm talking about a big tree. Right. And under this big, the, the limbs went all the way to the ground, deep south. And uh, we had a, I don't know, nine foot swing with cushions <laughs> under the big oak tree. And one of my dad's favorite places to go, he'd get his coffee in the morning, he'd go out and spend, when the weather was nice, sit in that swing, drink that coffee. And when I'm a boy, eight, nine, ten years old, eleven years old, I'd sit with him in the swing sometimes, and he would listen to me for an hour at a time and not interrupt me. One of the greatest things he ever did for me, treat me like I was important, like what I thought mattered. And I'm sure some of the stuff I was talking about was, you know, <laughs> when you're eight years old, right? <laughs> you're 10. 
And yet he'd just look at me and take me seriously and listen and talk to me. Hallelujah. So did you get it? He was thinking at the loss, about the loss that he had with his dad. And when the Lord said that to him, he started remembering the good things, the time that he had with him, um, you know, the things that he did with his dad. And a lot of times, just not even just in death, but in a loss of anything in our life, we focus a lot more on the loss of it than we do the benefits of it. And then when we start counting our blessings, naming them one by one, we see what God has done. Amen. And I just, I love it because uh, he says, your dad is in your future. And so we have loved ones. My mom in 2005 went to heaven. Uh, so maybe she met uh, Keith Moore's dad. I don't know. But uh, she went to heaven in 2005. So she's in my future. She's out there ahead of me. Amen. And we're all going there anyway. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> all of us are headed there. But remembering the things that when something's negative or you're starting to feel blue or feel a certain way, uh, start thinking about what you're grateful for, what God has done in your life, you know, um, and uh, uh, walk out the door in the morning instead of I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and, you know, um, and, uh, you know, somebody was in the shower too long and they used all the hot water and you had to shower with cold water. Uh, at least you had cold water to shower in and, and, and uh, clean cold water. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You had a house to shower in. Glory to God. And not have to bathe in the river. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, uh, so with that, um, so number one was expressing gratitude with rest, uh, for restoration. And then we looked at, I did a little, expressing gratitude um, uh, causes negative situations to become positive in your life. Now, number three, expressing gratitude opens doors in your life. Expressing gratitude opened doors. Y'all remember Acts 16, where Paul and Silas was in prison. And so, uh, of course, you know, they were uh, put in jail for preaching in the name of Jesus. And then it says... Uh, in verse 20, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city and they teach customs which are not lawful being Romans to reach and uh, to receive and observe. Then the multitude rose together against them and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Now keep this in mind. And when they had laid many strikes on them, they threw them into prison commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So not only have they been stripped of their clothing, they've been beaten with rods, they're probably bleeding uh, in their bodies. They've been thrown into the other uh, inner prison and now their feet's in, feet are in stocks. Verse 25, but at midnight, Sometimes the darkest time in our lives, sometimes that when we're going through the hardest, most difficult thing in our lives, it says Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. So they weren't, praise the Lord, God, and just thank you. They weren't intimidated about what had happened, just happened to them that put them in the prison. 
It said that they praised God loud enough that the other prisoners heard them. Suddenly, would you like that word? There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. For gratitude. When I, uh, a few years, a couple years ago, I was reading this passage and I looked at when that word praise, when they praised God and sang hymns, it says, uh, it has the Greek word there, halal. And it means that they were crazy praising with backs beaten, with rods naked, with their feet in stocks, they were crazy praising so that the other prisoners heard them. And with their crazy praise, this is the result of their crazy praise. Suddenly there was an earthquake. The ground began to shake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors, all the doors <laughs> were open and everyone's chains were loose. And then the, the keeper of the prison uh, awakened from sleep and seeing the prisoner doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And Paul said, called out and uh, do not harm yourself for we are all here. And as a result of that, the jailer and his family got saved. Amen. So expressing gratitude opens doors for us. Um, you know, another inst uh, with instance with Brother Keith Moore, Years ago, he talked about he and his wife were going on a trip, and uh, their flight got canceled. So they're in the airport, and they have to get to this meeting because they're ministering in this meeting. And so, um, so they get together, the two of them get together, and they prayed and you know asked the Lord for favor and thanked them for favor. And so, uh, you know, with Paul and Silas here, they were praising and giving God thanks to God, but also it opens doors with people. Your thanksgiving get open doors with people. So what they did was they everybody was going up. You you guys, if you fly or you've you know, gone and take your car to get your car done or something like that, and people, uh, theirs is the most important that's there. What's going on with them is the most important thing that's there. And so, and then they don't care how they treat the person behind the counter either. Hallelujah. And so, uh, so everybody's going up and they're fussing and carrying on and all of this kind of stuff. And so he goes up to the counter and he says to the person behind the counter, he said, excuse me, he said, I know you got a lot going on and um, uh, you're trying to get everybody taken care of and I would appreciate it if there is something that you could do for us, um, if you could, um, we'll be sitting right over here and uh, if there's something, this is where we're going and uh, we appreciate anything that you can do for us. And that person stopped and said, now where are you going? And so that he told them and uh and they started doing something on the computer, and they said, these people don't know this, that I can help them or I can hurt them. <laughs> and, uh, and so they did something else, and they said, come with me. Get your stuff and come with me. And so this person took them behind the scenes, took them down corridors and all of this kind of stuff, through doors and all of that, and uh, got them to the gate uh, of the flight that they uh, rerouted them to, and, uh, and put them in first class. And they were on their way and got to their meeting. So being grateful, being kind, <laughs> uh, being kind helps a lot too. So uh, it opened doors for them. Hallelujah. So our praise and thanksgiving to God gives him an opportunity to open doors that can never be opened. Hallelujah. All right, the next thing, expressing gratitude helps you to win battles. 
Expressing gratitude helps you to win battles. Y'all remember the instance with Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it's, it's just too much to read, but there were uh, three formidable armies that were coming against them, against Israel. And, uh, and so uh, they didn't know what to do. Someone came and said, these armies are coming. And uh, uh, Mount uh, Ammon and uh, Moab and Mount Seir, they're coming towards you. And uh, so Jehoshaphat didn't know what to do. It said he feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. If I had three enemies coming against me, I would set my face to seek the Lord as well. And so it says, then uh, Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, our, O Lord God of our fathers, you are not God, uh, are you not God of heaven and do you not rule over the kingdom? So what he did, he didn't start rehearsing the problem. He, what he didn't take to the Lord at first was all of these folks are coming against us. He didn't start there first. He started start talking about how big God was. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God of our fathers, you are you not God of in heaven? And you'd not, uh, might help if I put my glasses on. You do, uh, you rule, not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to stand against, uh, withstand you. So he's not even addressing them. <laughs> They're coming against God. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? And they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name's sake. If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or fam famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence. For your, name is, uh, um, for your name is in this temple and cry out to you in your affliction and you will hear and say, and now for here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Seir. So he lifted up his voice, began to praise God first, began to tell God and rehearse the victories that God had already did in their life. And then he addresses what the problem is. And now here are the people of Moab, Ammon is Mount Seir, who you would not, um, who you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt. They turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you've given us to inherit. So when they came out of Egypt, God said, leave them alone. And now they're turning on them <laughs> and coming after them. Our, oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then it says in verse 14, Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, and the son of Jael, and the son of Math that word, and Levi of the sons of Asaph, and the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all of you of Judah and you inheritors of Jerusalem and you, Je King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude. Anybody had a, ever had a great multitude come by, uh, against you and you felt dismayed or you felt overwhelmed? For the battle is not yours but God's. 
tomorrow go down against them, they will surely come by the uh, ascent of Ezez, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And so they went out and they praised and sent the praisers out ahead, pointed those who would sing and uh, should praise in the beauty of his holiness and praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And it says, um, you know, the enemy, they found that they came against themselves. They fought against themselves and they went in and just gathered up the spoil. Verse 25, and when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found them uh, among an abundance of valuables of the dead bodies and uh, precious jewels, jewelry, and they stripped off themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days carrying the spoil because there was so much. So praise, <laughs> hallelujah, came against the enemy uh, that they were coming up against. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So expressing gratitude, the same thing happened in the book of Acts when they began magnifying God because they told them not to preach in the name of Jesus anymore. And uh, when they begin to do that, they begin to magnify God and the place shook as well. Expressing gratitude, number five, expressing gratitude causes you to have strength. It causes you to have strength. Psalm 22 says that God inhabits the praises of his people. He comes in, he lives, he dwells in, and abides in our praises. So when we begin to praise, just like they did uh, in, uh, with Jehoshaphat, God comes in and gets in the middle of your praise. In Psalm 16, it says, we will show you the path of light in your presence is fullness of joy. So when we start getting into praise, joy comes in us. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the latter part of that verse, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we begin to praise, joy comes, then strength comes. Amen. It's like a, um, you know, a puzzle. You got to praise first, get in the presence of God. Joy rises up on the inside of you. And now you have strength. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So it's kind of, um, so we begin to praise, begin to worship him. His presence comes, brings joy, brings strength. Number six, expressing gratitude stops the attack, uh, stops the attack on your life. In Psalm 8, 2, it talks about out of the mouth of babes and nursing uh, infants, you have ordained strength. And Matthew says, perfected praise because of your enemy that you may steal uh, or silence your en enemy and the avenger. So praise or gratitude stops the avenger, stops the enemy in your life. Hallelujah. So we begin to praise, we begin to worship him, honor him, thank him. It's silence. And I remember the, an instance where a friend of mine, we were walking in her neighborhood. We had this broom handle that we would take with us because of dogs and what have you. And so uh, we're walking around this neighborhood and this um, one of her neighbors, uh, the dog was outside. And we didn't know this. They had an electric fence around the yard. So uh, so he's all big and bad, and he's barking and everything, and he comes charging towards us, and we're yelling in the name of Jesus and with our stick and everything. And then when he gets so far, he's restrained because of that fence. Now, we're thinking it's because of our stick and our yelling and everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> it wasn't that. But there was something that restrained him. 
And so our praise, our, our worship, our gratitude towards God restrains the enemy, silence him where he can't continue to function in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, um, we live in this word. John 10, 10 talks about, you know, how uh, Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. But it also talks about how the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. You, if you're a born-again Christian, he's after you. He's wanting to stop you. And so you have a way to stop him in your life. And you, you, you may think, well, I praised him yesterday. Today's a new day. You're going to have to praise him today and continually to do that. Amen. And so your praise, your worship, your gratitude, it steals the enemy. It causes him to stop. And, uh, you know, a, a few weeks ago, pastor on a Wednesday night, and uh, he, he got stirred up. He started talking about the double. And he said, what if all you had to do, what if the, the, uh, the thing between you and receiving what you need, all you have to do is rejoice. All you have to do is praise. If all you had to do was that one thing, would you do that one thing? Hallelujah. So, you know, uh, 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 the Israelites, uh, again, when they were going in to possess what God had for them, there was a, a little city called Jericho. And God gave them a strategy, but, and they walked around six days and they didn't say anything. But when did the wall fall down? When they begin to shout, when they begin to lift up their voice and shout, the walls fell down. Amen. And so when we begin to shout, when we begin to praise, when we begin to rejoice, when we begin to show thanksgiving, walls in our life begin to fall down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It may look fortified. It may look impenetrable. But praise, shouting, rejoicing causes those walls to come down. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There was a commercial years ago. I may be dating myself just a little bit, but I thought about this when I was looking at Jericho today. Yeah, I remember the, and I think we still have it. It's called uh, a detergent called Shout. It's a, a, a spot remover kind of thing. And so in the commercial years and years ago, you know, the uh, little kid come in. He's got grass stains in and so uh, the question was asked to the mom, well, what are you going to do about that grass stain? Well, I'm not worried. I'm going to shout it out. And then the dad comes in, and he's got oil on his clothes from working on the car. Well, what are you going to do about that? I'm not worried about it. I'm going to shout it out. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so we got a way to shout some stains. We got a way to shout some things out of our life. We got some, a way to praise some things out of our life. Amen. Hallelujah, to shout some things out, glory to God. And so in Philippians 4, 6, it says this. We read the first part of this. Be anxious for nothing but in everything, but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are loving, whatever things uh, that are good of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be anything praiseworthy, meditate and look at these things. Hallelujah.
We hope you're inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you, and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.